Hi, kids. That's a lot of paper. What's going on here? We're writing our Christmas shopping lists. I see, Monica. So, what are you asking for for Christmas this year? Oh, no, Mr. Jacobs. These aren't lists of things we want. They're lists of what we're getting our family and friends. Yeah, we're way too mature to ask for anything for Christmas. That's so tacky. Yeah, super tacky is right. What was that, Artie? What was what? That paper that you hid under the table just now. I didn't hide anything. I must have dropped a page. Let me see if I can find it. Oh, let me help you. Don't worry about it. I've got it. So, what are you planning on getting your families? Well, my mom really likes a TV series about doctors and nurses in the army, so that's why I'm getting her. And my dad likes golf, so golf balls are for him. Golf balls? Really? I never said he was good at it. What about you, Joy? I don't have a lot of money this year, so I'm thinking of making my family members a book of coupons. You mean like real coupons? Kind of. See? Each one is a personal thing that I can do for them. Like, Mom's has, Joy will make dinner and wash the dishes tonight. All she has to do is hand me the coupon and I'll do it. That's pretty cool. For her, I mean. That's not so fun for you. That's the point of a good gift. It costs the giver something. Is that how it works? Sometimes. I think that's a great idea, Joy. What about you, Artie? What have you got? Well, I'm having trouble deciding. Some are easy. Like for Zach, I just have to buy him a new video game and he's happy. Dad likes new tools, so that's easy. And Mom, well, she's tough to buy for. What do you mean? Well, I try to buy people stuff that they can use as part of their day. But my mom does a lot of work around the house and, well, buying her something for housework doesn't usually work out. You should have seen the fiasco when I got her a wooden spoon one year. That's a terrible Christmas present idea, Artie. Probably the worst ever. Okay, I had a lapse in judgment. Sue me. If you were my kid, I just might. <laughs> well, while you guys keep working on your lists, I think I'm going to listen to the radio. All right. How's your Christmas list going, Artie? Yeah, have you figured out what you're getting your mom? Well, kind of. I really liked your coupon idea, Joy, but I'm not really sure what to put on the coupons. Here are some of the things I was able to think of. This coupon is for one you win moment. Use this coupon when we're in an argument and you will win, no questions asked. That's a dangerous gift. Yeah. How many arguments do you get in with your mom, Artie? Oh, you know, I'm a teenager. It happens a lot. How many arguments do you typically win? You mean on average? Yeah. Well, none, I guess. I think these will need a little more work. I was thinking the same thing, honestly. Are you done with your lists? I'm done with mine. I've got something on here for all the important people in my life, so no peeking any of you. Aw, thanks, Monica. Hmm, what's the matter, Joy? Oh, just something you said just now. You know, the important people thing. Did you forget someone? Well, kind of. What am I going to give Jesus for Christmas? Jesus? Sure. It is his birthday, after all. What do you think he wants? Man, and I thought shopping for my mom was going to be hard. What do you think God likes? Scented candles? Maybe? Mr. Jacobs, we have a question about God. Oh, really? Yeah, we want to know what God would like for Christmas. Yeah, he's already got everything. What more could he need or want? Huh, that's an interesting question. 
and a good one. God does have the entire universe, but in the Bible there's a parable that might answer this question. And I might have a script about it. I'll be right back. And now, from the garage of Lionel Jacobs comes the delicious drama, The Chef and the Cooks, an adapted biblical parable about God's gifts. Once upon a time, there was a very fancy restaurant. We serve the best foods in the city. No lie, it's magnifique. The head chef was a woman of legendary abilities, and she was on the cover of hundreds of cooking magazines. It's nothing, really. All you need is a little creativity, a little garlic, and a lot of practice. One day, the chef called her cooks to the kitchen and set before them a challenge. A challenge? Indeed. You have both worked for me for several years. You have studied my art, learned my secrets, and let's face it, benefited from my success. I want to see what you have learned. Isabel, I am giving you half of my kitchen. I want you to make something amazing with it. I will do my best. I know you will. As for you, Antonio... I get the other half. No. I want you to work in this corner of the kitchen. You will be making pastries. Just a pastry? That's right. Now then, I'm going to go to an interview in Amsterdam. I'll be back tonight. I look forward to your creations. Ta-ta! The two cooks looked at each other and went to their designated sections of the kitchen. Isabel immediately started designing the meal plan. I think I'll start with a dish of barbecued spare ribs and decide the Caesar salad and see where that leads me. Antonio, on the other hand, looked at his little pastry table and scowled. Desserts, just desserts. Isabel gets free reign of the kitchen and I'm stuck doing desserts. What do we have here? Mm, just the basics. Mm. The day went by quickly and soon the head chef walked in. Mmm, smells wonderful, Isabel. I feel transported to Tennessee with that aroma. I knew you'd like it. Try the gray stuff. It's delicious. Now then, Antonio. The chef looked around at the dessert table, but not one crumb was to be found. Antonio, where's your masterpiece? Is it sitting in the fridge? Uh, no, ma'am, I didn't make a dessert. You what? I knew that no matter what I made, it wouldn't have been good enough for you. You expect me to make something amazing with just this little corner of the kitchen? It's impossible! So I did the next best thing and cleaned the workspace as best I could. It's even shinier than when you left. As you might have guessed, this didn't go over very well with the chef. You mean, you made nothing? Not even a loaf of white bread? Not even a cake or a batch of sugar cookies? You could have done anything, and you chose to do nothing? You wouldn't have been happy with it. I didn't have enough to work with. Antonio, I would have been happy with the biggest failed experiment if it meant you tried your best, and I don't even have that. Isabel? Yes? I am putting you in charge of my kitchen. Congratulations. Thank you, ma'am. What about me? Hmm, well, since you did a great job cleaning up, I guess you'll do well as a dishwasher. Isabel, no need to wash up. Antonio's got it. The moral is that God gives us gifts, like talents, skills, and even the things we own, so that we can do great things for Him. It doesn't matter if God has given us all kinds of things or just one. He wants to see what we will do with His gifts. By doing our best and exploring His gifts, it's like giving God a present in return. If we don't, then we will have nothing to offer God. 
And that's not a great present, is it? Looking thoughtful there, Artie. Everything okay? Yeah, are you still working on your list? I finished mine a long time ago. No, I mean, I am, but that's not what I was thinking about. Okay, so what's up? Well, I'm kind of concerned. You know how you said in the drama that we're supposed to use our gifts, and if we don't, then that's wrong? Well, I remember saying something like that, yes. Well, what if you don't have an opportunity to use your gifts for God? Like, what if I was good at, say, cooking? Real original there, Artie. It's an example, Monica. But what if there are already people who are better at cooking than me that did all the cooking? What if they were so good, or mean even, that they didn't let me cook too? What then? This is a good example, and we can imagine the same thing happening for pretty much any gift. Chances are there'll be a time in your life when you won't be able to use your talents or other gifts. But like it says in Ecclesiastes 3 and Galatians 6, there are different times and seasons for things to happen. And just because you're not able to do things now doesn't mean you never will. In times like these, I would say the best thing to do is to practice and learn. Yeah, maybe there's something else you can learn to do. Or maybe it's time for you to teach someone else. That's a good point, Joy, which just reminded me. Another way to give God gifts is to give to those in need. Wait, how does that work? How can you give God something by giving it to someone else? I know this one. It's a parable in the Bible. Something about sheep and goats or something? Oh, where was it? I think you're talking about the story Jesus told in Matthew 25. Sheep and goats? It was a metaphor. Anyway, the point is, God says in that story that if we do good things for people who need help, then it's the same as if we were doing it for Him. That's right. So even if you feel you don't have anything you can give God, there are people all around who need our love and help and by showing God's love to those people, you are actually showing God your love for Him. That's really interesting. Not sure I understand it, though. I think I get it, but just barely. I'm going to have to ask my parents how I can help people around here. I can't think of anyone right off, but there's got to be someone who needs my help. Yeah, and then you could also ask your mom what she wants for Christmas. Ask her? You can do that? You never asked her what she wanted before? Uh... Well... Boys, am I right? Some boys more than others. Well, would you girls mind if I turn off the radio for now? That sounds like a good idea.